Hello and welcome back to the Comeback Podcast. As usual, I am your host, Connor, and as you know by now, I interview people from across the city on a wide range of topics related to entrepreneurship, creative projects, expert life, and self-development. And with that in mind, I am delighted to welcome today my guest from Australia, currently living in Ho Chi Minh. He is involved in music, comedy, teaching, and a lot more. And we're going to talk about a range of subjects. I'm delighted to welcome my guest, Wayne. How are you, Wayne? Great, how are you going? Yeah, excellent. Thank you very much for coming on. Uh, I've had quite a few Australian guests. Yeah. I, I usually like to kind of see if there's somebody who is from a country that I've not had, but mm-hmm. that's not the case with Australia. Yeah. But I am interested in Australia as I th- I'm thinking of moving to Melbourne, I mm-hmm. believe, next year. Is that where you're from, Melbourne? Yeah, I'm from Melbourne. Cool. And tell, so me, tell me a bit more about like growing up in Melbourne. Great choice of, of city, first of all. <laughs> I hope so. Um, so it's a very youthful city at the moment, very progressive city. So it's a, a great place to live if you are someone that is young. Um, growing up, I lived a bit about thirty minutes out from outside from the city in the in the suburbs there, and always plenty to do. And I think one of the things that someone from Melbourne will tell you first about it is just how good the food is. And there's just such a range of food because it's such a multicultural city. And so I loved growing up there. Was it kind of similar to Vietnam? As in, I'm from Manchester, so there are of course like a wide range of people but you don't really get exposed to it whilst in Vietnam you're literally thrown into like the expat community yeah is that the same in Melbourne to a lesser extent I guess because I'm from Melbourne living in Melbourne I like navigate towards other Melbournians um, but it is certainly more multicultural than than other cities for sure and and a comparison I like to make I'm not sure if people from Sydney will agree but Melbourne is like Saigon and Sydney is like Hanoi, oh, I find yeah. to be. Right, okay. Yeah. Now, that's what a lot of people have told me, actually. Yeah. And I remember meeting people from Perth and they just say, yeah, those two are the main ones, Sydney and Melbourne. <laughs> and just giving that kind of insight. Yeah. Uh, what's your favourite thing about Melbourne? I've heard a lot about there's great sport. I know you're into your Aussie rules. Yeah. There are great restaurants and cafes. I heard there's a bar that's open and it never shuts. Y- I don't yeah. know what that's called. You can tell <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah, that's called, that's called Revolver. All, yeah, yeah. all Rams people. There we go, yeah. It basically doesn't. There's like a 72-hour period from like Thursday to Sunday or whatever where it doesn't it doesn't shut. Jeez. It's just yeah. constantly going, which is a bit like Vietnam, I guess. This I place suppose. does not shut. <laughs> if if yeah. there's somewhere you want to drink, there's, there's somewhere... Somewhere open, it can be Monday morning, I'm sure there's a free flow going around. I can imagine so, yeah. definitely. Yeah. And what made you decide to move from Melbourne? Was your first international experience Ho Chi Minh? From uh, what, it was my first time living overseas, it wasn't my first international trip. Um, so, long story short, I moved here for love. Um, so I, was, I had come to Vietnam as a tourist first time in 2018, um, and I met a Canadian girl whilst I was traveling, we hit it off. I went back home, didn't think anything of it, but then we kept chatting, then we started video calling, and then we decided, hey, let's go visit each other. So I came here a couple of times. She came to Melbourne and eventually I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna move, I'm gonna do it. I'd always wanted to live abroad at some stage in my life. I'd always wanted to try teaching. Um, so I thought, why not? And I knew, I knew that I loved Vietnam. So if things didn't work out with her, then I, then I knew I was going to a country that I really loved. Um, and yeah, things didn't work out, but I, I've stuck it out and I'm here three years later. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Three years is a similar time to me. I was July 2019. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure where you were on that. Yeah, I was just, just after that. Just after, yeah. cool. Did it meet your... Oh, sorry, you did have expectations before because you'd already come here like as a tourist. Yeah. What was it like coming here as a tourist and then to live? I've never had the former, so I'm yeah. just curious. Yeah, yeah. so you, you learn so much more when you're here. <laughs> like, I've barely been back to the places I went as a tourist as from living here and 
living in a country is the best way to learn about its culture. It's the best way to properly travel. And so I'm so thankful that I've been able to do that. Even just like getting a bike and being able to drive around and just stop and see whatever you want to see. Um, when I came here as a tourist, I was just getting grabs and stuff around and you'd pass by things and you're like, oh, that looks interesting. But you just don't don't get that um, full-on experience as a tourist. Even Not sure if this is a highlight, but on my way here, I saw a guy butt naked on a bike, on a motorbike. And like people were just driving past him like it was no no other business. And yeah, yeah, I've done that before. Yeah. <laughs> I've been in my task. No, I've not done that. I've seen that before. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen that before. Let Important me just clarify. <laughs> yeah. I have always been clothed on my bike. <laughs> we're in the taxi on the way to a school and I was about to just go to sleep. And then I thought, is that guy fully naked? And then, you know, you think, right, I'm obviously sleep deprived. No, yeah. he's genuinely butt naked and everyone's yeah. just going past as if it's normal. Yeah. Saigon. I was like, I, I wanted to get a photo or a video just to be like, I, this actually happened. Yeah, yeah, it's one of them that you tell your mates, oh, there was a guy, but no, you kid, yeah, of yeah, course. Sure. No, 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 look. It was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. God bless. And so your first, let's say three months, so when you arrive as an expat, quote yeah. unquote, and you're actually living here, what yeah. are the first three months like in terms of you settling in? It was a bit, it was a bit crazy because those three months were still when there were tourists here. Um, so there was certainly a lot of partying and at that, at that stage I was working at a language center where the hours, um, uh, mostly during the night, during the weekdays, um, and then during the day on the weekends. And so I guess I was, yeah, just making friends and socializing a lot, probably partying too much during that time. Um, and yeah, whilst also of course settling in, um, it's, 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 strange now trying to think back to the times where there were lots of tourists here i've been in d1 recently and starting to see more but it's just a strange concept now yeah same it's like a pale imitation of what it used to be yeah i was in tnr at 5am on a saturday night and it was quiet almost eerie i thought this was not the case yeah years ago. it was fucking crazy yeah i still remember my first boyvian experience yeah. it was on my 22nd birthday mm-hmm. and i was thinking right let, my friend said let's go to this place called boyvian i mm-hmm. thought it would be a bar so in my head, I'm thinking we're going to turn up to a bar similar to like Buddha. <laughs> if we can get to this strip and there's people with balloons, there's drugs, there's scantily clad ladies everywhere. And I thought, what the fuck have I got into? Yeah. So I had a wild night. It was fun. Yeah. But yeah, it was almost the introduction. Like Boy Vienne. Mm-hmm. I feel like as a tourist, correct me if I'm wrong, Boy Vienne would be like your introduction to Saigon. Yeah. Is that yeah. true? Yeah. I think like I, I went once when I was here as a tourist. Um, and yeah, I guess it's just a typical thing. Let's take them to Boy Vienne. Um, but yeah, I even like bars and like pubs and stuff I go to now, I would just never ever have heard of or gone to as a tourist. And like place like Indica or mm. something like, you don't get many tourists coming through there. You don't, you don't know about that as a tourist and it's one of the best places here. So I just think discovering those little spots, discovering Vietnamese food that you didn't know about, didn't think you'd enjoy has been one of the best things about being like an expat here versus being a tourist. Absolutely. And I think one of the things I've noticed in terms of being in the expat community, which I find very important, and you can talk to me more mm-hmm. as I'm, I'll ask you about your personal ones, are about finding a hobby. Because my personal experience, first year, all I really did was date and party, mm-hmm. which was great. I mean, I had some brilliant times, <laughs> yeah. but when you realize they're your main hobbies, yep. they're not hobbies, they're just like side things that come into it. Yep. And if you're focusing all your energy on that, you go down the route of escapism. Because I've split the... I think the themes of coming to Vietnam into two categories, opportunity, escapism. Yeah. And you can escape, there are many ways, but you can also have opportunity. You can, mm-hmm. you can play a musical instrument, start a business, a podcast, whatever. And I feel like it's very important for a lot of people just to find that. You have found some hobbies here, haven't you? Yeah, so I'm a very sporty 
person. Um, so here, and there's so much sport you can play, and there's this great app called ReClub, um, where you can just jump in, join in any level, socialize. Um, so I play here, I play AFL, Australian football, soccer, football, whatever you call it, Gaelic football, um, netball as well, which is a sport common in UK, yeah, Australia. Yeah. Um, so there, I fill my week with those, and that's been such a good way to make friends. Um, I suppose on the artistic side as well, I also do musical comedy, um, which is something I only got into after I moved here. Right, yeah. Can you talk to me about that? Because I've interviewed Jack before, who I yeah. know you know, and he mentioned One Year West. Yeah. And I think I've told you last week, I, I didn't know. <laughs> and then uh, a couple of weeks later, just through Instagram, I thought, oh, One Year West, Wayne. And I just you know put two and two together and was like, that's you. Yeah. Musical comedy. How did you get involved in that? Because I know about comedy. I know yeah. about music. I don't know how to blend the two. Yeah, yeah. Can you tell me more? Well, my first exposure to it was just from listening, seeing seeing like performances from people like Flight of the Concords, who are New Zealand um, duo, then some Australian ones like Axes of Awesome, Tripod. Um, and then the way I got into it, um, being a, becoming a performer myself, was I was at Indica Open Mic with a group of close friends, and it was just an anything open mic, could do comedy, could sing, whatever. Um, and they were like, oh, we could do that. And I was like, sure, next week. We'll both individually, we'll get up there, we'll do something. Um, and so I wrote a song about how much I love Barn Me. And that was my first ever song that I had written. Um, and I can't sing, I'm a terrible singer. It's more like somewhere between yelling and karaoke in between there. Anyway, I get up and perform this song and then Neil, who's the owner of 7 Million Bikes, comes up to me afterwards and he's like, have you got any other material? I was like, no, that's it. <laughs> and he's like, well, if you write some more songs, I'd love to have you perform at one of my shows. Um, and then it started from there. My next song, I think I wrote a song about um, being an expat in Saigon. And then about, um, I wrote one about working in retail because I did that for a number of years. And yeah, just all spiraled after that. And was this something completely random, like that you hadn't done before in terms of like performing back in Australia? Was this completely new in Saigon? I'd, one time at my footy club, we did a talent show and I wrote a song that was basically just full of disses of my teammates. <laughs> I just <laughs> insult them in a different way. Um, so I guess you, you could count that. Um, but yeah, this was the first thing and first time doing it like having people pay to come see you is daunting. Um, so definitely my first time doing anything yeah. like that. What was it like your first ever show? When you go out there and you think, oh, here we go. Yeah, it was, oh, I was very nervous. Um, and I still get super nervous before a show. Like sometimes it's not as bad, but once I'm up there, I'm fine. And afterwards it's this insane adrenaline rush that I can't describe from anything else. Um, but yeah, first show, so nervous, like handshaking on the guitar. I remember my friend Annie like had to hold the microphone because they didn't have a mic stand. Um, but I, I got through it and got, got a few laughs, um, but have certainly improved a lot since then. And even just like, I used to get up there, do my song and be like, all right, here's my next song, do my song, here's my next song. Because I, I wasn't used to talking. I'd never done stand-up comedy before. Mm -hmm. um, so I've slowly gotten more comfortable with that. So that's kind of the musical comedy side of things. How yeah. about actually stand up just on its own? Is that something you've also done? I've never never done that, no. I've I've drafted some jokes. I've got on my on my Mac, I've got a notes page full of maybe at best five minutes of comedy. And, and I think they say like when you first start out, you'll write 
five jokes and one of them you'll keep. And so I think right now I've got about a minute worth of mediocre comedy. Um, so I could get into it in the future, but I think having the guitar up there and, and singing, it definitely makes me less nervous, yeah. which helps. So mm -hmm. Possibly in the future, yeah. Mm, there's been some great shows as well. I think I told you last week, I saw the video of the Hard Rock Cafe show, yeah. which seemed huge. Yeah. I mean, I could only see the YouTube clip, mm -hmm. but it seemed like that was huge. Yeah. What was that show like? That was insane. The first, the first Hard Rock show, we had over 120 people there. Shit. And like, <laughs> it, it was so packed. And like, you, you're performing on a stage where like, proper rock bands have, have played there um some yeah some just awesome artists and to, to share that and then just look out and see that many people um and have them see them enjoying themselves having a really good time was was awesome um i yeah i don't think i'll top that yeah. top that gig yeah it still sounds fun though i mean it yeah. still sounds i i wish i'd seen it i mean yeah. this is probably a say 2020 when i wasn't really active all yeah. i did was party and go to boy mm -hmm. vn so i didn't even know <laughs> that different things were going on like yeah. comedy or music but yeah i feel like it's great in terms of the community as well like as yeah. we mentioned you can meet so many different people who mm -hmm. otherwise you probably wouldn't come across yeah. and then it builds from there and there's six degrees of separation i think applies to the world yeah where i've heard a story this might be false that you are six degrees of separation from anyone so someone who you know someone who knows someone who knows someone in Saigon I feel like that's two I yeah. feel like everyone knows everyone in this yes. weird fucking way yeah yeah how have you found from the community aspect yeah definitely that is the case and playing so many sports and doing the musical comedy working um at the Canadian school like slowly each of these hobbies these interests have just connected um like I've got and I've, I've like brought friends into other ones and friends have brought me into other community groups into other sports and um i like I, re I really enjoyed it and it's it's so easy to make friends here and um especially friends from all over the world i feel like if i travel now i've got someone i can crash with in almost every country yeah, yeah. um but yeah it's just it's just amazing how many different things you can do here and new opportunities to try yeah, i think that's important i went to a networking event last night and i came across someone who said oh there's nothing to do to make friends here except for to go to bars and I, in my head I just thought no there yeah. is because I was that person two and a half years ago and when yeah. I held the mirror and thought you have to go out and meet people you yeah. have to find a hobby mm -hmm. you have to just introduce and just find ways but some people just don't get it I guess yeah yeah, yeah. like I always say sport is one of the best ways to to make friends and I get that it's not for everyone not everyone is big on sport and everyone considers themselves an athlete but there's lots of different levels you can try um, or even then like getting, just going and watching comedy shows someone like zion johnson like would often come to comedy shows just to watch and that's how i became friends with him um and now he's even doing his own comedy so um i think there's so many opportunities to put yourself out there and then make friends through that way absolutely are you more introverted or extroverted would you say probably more introverted okay um i yeah which is why i don't know doing doing stand-up comedy comes as a, a surprise to to hear those two things um but i find like even when i go up and do comedy i have my rehearsed set and that that is exactly what i'll do from start to finish so neil will often ask me oh do you want to host this comedy show do you want to host this i'm like no i don't want to host i need to know exactly what i'm doing when i get up there like i don't want to like make friendly chatter and banter with people like just let me get up there do my set yeah it's not really my um, vibe though <laughs> yeah yeah which is like why i like going out to to 
to do something, not just go out for drinks, like go out, go play some games or something with friends, um, I prefer as an introvert. Yeah. And that's a crucial thing as well. It ties in with the hobbies where if you go out and you're doing it for a hobby, so yep. for example, you have that connection, like sport, for example, you know you're going to be playing whatever sport it is, but you know the rules and regulations, logistics, yeah. knowing that you're all connected in that regard, like it saves you having to like exert yourself and try to, I guess, try to make friends because you yeah. naturally do anyway, just yeah. playing football with somebody, for example. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me more about sport? Because you mentioned Aussie rules, Gaelic, yeah. uh, soccer, like there's so many. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a lot because I don't like to go for the to the gym. I don't like to go for runs. And I know being in Saigon, you can probably attest to this. It's so cheap to eat and drink out. So you do that a lot. <laughs> and so I need something to combat that. And yeah, I've always loved playing sports. So Australian football, um, it's, it's quite similar to Gaelic, but played with a rugby-shaped mm. ball, very physical sport. Yeah. Um, it's a sport where there's um, positions for people of all sizes, which I think is great. Like, I'm quite short, but then you'll have someone on the team that's 200 centimetres tall, and you need a mixture of both, um, which is great. And we have quite a few local players that participate in that as well. So being able to teach them Australian football is awesome. Recently, we were in... Cambodia doing a tri-series tournament against them and Thailand as well, which is great. And then later in October, they have the um, Asian Championships where team, all teams in Asia come and compete. And um, that'll be in, in Bangkok, um, which is cool as well. And then Gaelic I only played once I got here. Irish football, obviously there's a huge Irish community here. And um, I, yeah, I wanted to get more of a run going. And so I got involved in that and it's very similar to AFL. Um, soccer here is probably the, the biggest sport and easiest one to join in and there's there's levels from um, very very beginner to advanced so I, I suppose if you're if you're looking at getting involved in a sport download re-club and look at soccer it's it's a great way to to get involved yeah absolutely and i love the aspect that yeah you've been to cambodia you've been to other places you've yeah. also traveled around doing it met new people mm. and it's great that also you know if you move to vietnam a lot of people might be daunted and think vietnam like, that's so different and yeah of course like say day-to-day -day rural life is yeah but in a city like ho chi minh i mean there's a huge irish community that get a gaelic team australian community that get aussie rules so you yeah. can find a tribe if you just really focus for it yeah Absolutely, and like that's another thing about being here as an expat. You slowly settle in more, and you find out you have got these Western amenities or anything to to make you feel more comfortable. But you can still also like indulge in the the Vietnamese culture and lifestyle as well. So it's yeah. about finding finding a balance. Finding a balance. I think that's very important because. If I was, say, only accustomed to Vietnamese things, I wouldn't yeah. have been here for the whole three years because, yeah. of course, you do miss, like, your Western traits. But yeah. if you can, but also, I don't want to just do Western things because yeah. I live in Vietnam. Yeah. So if you find a way to do both, it's just perfect. And yeah. it's just about going out and really seeing how you can do that. So yeah. I'm glad that you mentioned that aspect about the balance. Yeah. Um, what are your favourite parts about living in Saigon? Uh, in Saigon specifically versus the rest of Vietnam? I'd say, hmm, Saigon, yeah, and then we can move on to Vietnam. Yeah. So Saigon first. Yeah, I like that there's always something happening. If you want to do something on a Monday night or Wednesday night, you can you can find something to do, um, and it just it's just got this like buzzing energy I find, um, which uh, which I really love, and I, I really like Hanoi too, but I just don't find that same buzz about it, um, and yeah, there just doesn't seem to be something always happening. But if you jump on Facebook, you look at the events 
there's so many things to go and do. I, I find myself more often not being like, oh, I wish there was something to do. It's more like, damn, I've got these four options I can only do do one of them like I was changing tonight there's like an 80s and 90s party a drag show I was like I want to go to all three like there's there's just so much to choose from so if you're someone that is social or just likes being active and doing stuff with their time it's an amazing city absolutely completely concur I've also found myself overwhelmed recently where <laughs> I'm trying to think of ways I can go to an hour each event but eventually yeah. I just settle on one or maybe yeah. two yeah so I like the fact you've mentioned that can you talk to me about teaching because you mentioned you wanted to teach for a while in Australia and then did so in Vietnam yes how did you move into teaching and what's your experience been yeah so when I started my degree back home which was um, called a Bachelor of Professional Communication um, at the end, I was planning on doing a diploma in education, which at the time would have made you qualified to teach in Australia and even internationally. Um, but they removed those courses and made it a master's instead, which was two years. And I didn't really want to commit two years to it at the end of my degree. So I just went into my field of work, which was um, like PR and digital marketing, copywriting, and did that for about a year, year and a half. And then that was when I was looking at moving here and um, the opportunity came to, to teach in a language center um, when I moved here and it was the, the most secure way to, to first come here and get a foot in and then I thought, okay, if I don't enjoy that, I'll then look to get something in my field. And, um, but I, I loved it from the minute I stepped into the classroom and um, soon moved on from working in a language center to then working in a private Vietnamese school where I now teach an Australian curriculum. Um, so I have mentor teachers in Melbourne for each of my subjects. Um, and so I teach English, grade 11, English, grade 12, and maths, grade 12 level as well, um, which is like, it's, I don't have a degree in maths, but I was very good at maths in school and always loved it. It was one of my favorite subjects. And I get, I get some strange looks when I say I'm an English and maths teacher because they're not two common mm. threads. Um, but those were always my strongest subjects um, mm. as a student and yeah I've, I've loved it and in January I'm starting my masters online um, and yeah I want to continue teaching as my career now. Excellent yeah that's great and I also love the fact that yeah English and maths because I also had this theory that you're either really good at literacy and not so good yeah. at numeracy or vice versa and that's certainly the case of me I'm great with words etc English was great at school maths abysmal yeah. so it's just interesting to see the two blend yeah yeah, yeah. with teaching I guess in an international kind of school that you're at now, mm -hmm. what is it like teaching like an Australian curriculum in Vietnam and dealing with kids from so many different backgrounds? Yeah. What's that whole process like? So our school is actually only Vietnamese students. Ah. Um, it's, so it's not a it's not an international school. It's a private Vietnamese school. Oh, okay. And we're but we're owned by the Canadian International System. Same curriculum to them. Um, it's it's quite interesting because they have to know a bit. Of, they learn a bit about Australian politics and a bit about um, Australian history. Um, but then they also do other things that can be more relatable. In in grade eleven, they study um, an anthro uh, an anthology of short stories called "Growing Up Asian in Australia," and there's stories from Vietnamese people there about their experiences in a Western country. So there's there's stuff that's relatable there to the students, and it's a really interesting curriculum. And most of these students have spent their years from seven to ten um, studying very specific stuff with like grammar and vocabulary following to lead up to doing like an IELTS test. But what we study, we study film, we study 
short novels we study, um, speeches, articles, a lot more interesting material for these students. And it's the focus is on them creating ideas and as long as I can understand the meaning behind what they've written, the grammar punctuation isn't as important um, as it is for like an IELTS test. So it's a much more engaging um, course and it's great for, for just helping them learn how to communicate and develop ideas. Yeah, that sounds very fun. Especially, yeah. it sounds fun, but it also sounds constructive. It's like a nice balance. Yeah. Has there been a particular highlight from your teaching career so far, either in this private Vietnamese school or a language center, or I guess in general, have you yeah. had any highlights? Just like when you, when you get a student that's really appreciative of the work that you've put in, you see a student that's just working so hard and then we recently had our results day and our students just did incredible. Um, they got their yeah, exam scores and their, um, we have, it's called an ATAR, which is their final score that they use to apply for universities and like every student just killed it and it was just so happy um, so to, to see the, the joy on their face and just them them being so excited for the future is the best highlight. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I feel like teaching is such an under, maybe not anymore. I felt like when I was uh, a kid, I didn't really value the art of teaching. And as soon yeah. as I came out of uni, I thought, what the fuck should I do? And just yeah. TEFL came up. And then through TEFL, I've seen other areas and met so many different teachers. It's, I feel like a lot more people will do it once they really realize the value of what it can actually bring you, not just in teaching, just in the classroom, but also mm -hmm. in life. I feel like it will really go far. Yeah. Yeah, sure. absolutely. Um, in terms of living in Saigon, um, what I'm always asking guests nowadays is the advice aspect. Now, you've been here three years, same as mm -hmm. me, and I'm focusing a lot on this podcast on people who are coming here perhaps as tourists or coming here as aspiring experts, let's say, and things that they should be aware of, like do's and don'ts or things that will really help. Are there any particular things that you'd recommend based on your experience? Mm -hmm. okay. One of the, the best recommendations I can give for someone that's coming here as an expat to move here. Um, don't jump into signing like a long-term contract wherever you are planning on living. Um, get somewhere short-term, one month, two months, because you need to first of all work out, okay, do I, wanna, do I like this location? Are you someone that is okay with driving further to work? Personally, I wanna live close to work because if it's raining in the afternoon, you want a quick drive home. You don't wanna be driving 40 minutes in the rain because not every day you might wake up one day, drive to work, oh, sunny, easy, 30 minutes, that was great. Another day, it's storming down, you've had a terrible day at work, you just wanna be home. So something to keep in mind. Um, and getting a short-term stay at first, like you don't know about the noise. So many people complain about karaoke, you see on the expat groups, they just post, oh, there's karaoke music every night till 3 a.m. Things you don't know when you go and check out a house at midday. Mm. Um, so that's probably number one thing. If, you, if you're coming here as an expat, sign a, sign a short-term lease or even just do Airbnb for a little bit um, until you get settled, know, know the location you like. Um, that'd be my number one. Yeah. Yeah. No one has ever mentioned that before and yeah. I think that is so crucial. Uh, yeah. A lot of people say, um, like, have an open mind, make friends, but that's a really crucial one. Yeah. That often goes, you know, under Practical. the radar. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. I yeah. was very lucky my company put me up in accommodation in Tanfu. Now, mm. it was miles away, but I didn't know this at the time. I didn't know Saigon. So it's only after living there three or four months, I found my feet, I got my bearings and thought, yeah, I don't really like here anymore. But it was brilliant just to get me started. I mean, yeah. I'm delighted that they did it and still very grateful. But yeah, that is huge. I mean, I can't imagine like moving country is already pretty daunting, mm -hmm. like, let alone if you like sign up an apartment for a year when you yeah. don't even like it. Even, you might not even like Vietnam. Well, yeah. That's another thing, yeah. yeah, yeah. I know we do love it and most people do, but 
You might not. It's not for everyone. It isn't. Yeah. No, no. And if it isn't, if it isn't for everyone, then go home and don't sign that long-term yeah. contract. On the subject of it not being for everyone, that moves on to the challenges aspect of the show. Mm-hmm. The show, the comeback beats the setback, means that there will be setbacks, and how do we navigate them? Yeah. Saigon is great. We've spoken about the highlights. It's not always easy. There are difficult moments for everyone. If I may ask you, what are some of your most difficult moments in Saigon, and how have you navigated them? Yeah. So, I agree with. Okay. Like eventually, dig into more sport. Um, and found more ways to make friends. But as you touched on before, when I first got here, I was just going out a lot, partying a lot. Um, and because of my schedule, I couldn't play those sports. Um, so, cause sport is always done at nighttime and then during the day on the weekends, which is my exact working hours. So I didn't, I didn't have that release, which I was used to having back home. So I guess I got into a bit of a rut from from doing the same thing over and over again so that was one of my my earlier challenges um but of course got the new job after that which is a monday eight to four so it's much much more convenient so that helped a lot um but probably more recently was of course during the during the lockdowns um i was living by myself and um we went through about two and a half months where you basically couldn't leave the apartment and yeah, just very challenging time. That was the only time since I moved here where I wanted to wanted to go home, mm. um, and I was ready to go home during that time. Um, but it was just too expensive for Australia. We still had mandatory hotel quarantine, which you had to pay for three thousand dollars, and flights were like seven grand as well to get there. So I was like, do I want to be really sad or do I want to be really <laughs> broke? That were my <laughs> They were my options and I chose to just be to be sad for a bit longer um, and yeah I'm, I'm glad I, I stuck that out um, and I guess it was, it was always difficult during that time but what helped was doing things online with the community that had made here playing poker with friends um, doing online trivia nights that helped just ease it a mm. bit but it was certainly a challenging time yeah definitely I feel like many many people if not everyone can relate to that where yeah. I, in the very first lockdown April 2020 that's, I only for one night really considered going home but it's just I thought I had this you know when you don't think straight sometimes yeah. I thought oh no like it's gonna the world's gonna shut down and I'll be away from family but yeah. I eventually grounded myself yeah. but especially in lockdown when you're literally trapped in for two and a half months you need some kind of release and yeah. that's why I was so grateful I guess for the Saigon community that you mm. could go and find like a trivia night or a yeah a home workout someone used to do like home workouts for everyone or yoga or just something just Mm -hmm. to like get out of your head because it could be scary (laughs) that was it was it was really needed because it's it's hard to explain how like demoralizing it is like when you just when getting somewhere like the possibility of going back home was basically made impossible like you want to see your family tomorrow like that was impossible to do which is such a bizarre concept to think of if you're living in your home country like Mm. what do you mean i can't see my family tomorrow Literally, like, you couldn't do it. And I had a, a niece I'd never met until I went back recently um, and a nephew that I'd spent, like, a week with as well. So that was tough. Yeah. 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 But at least we managed to, like, stick it out. Yeah. And I actually thought today, October to December 2021, mm-hmm. probably some of my favourite times in Saigon. Like, yeah. after that lockdown, yeah. getting freedom again and appreciating yeah. even a drive to D7. It was incredible. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel like it really, like, boomed everyone. And I feel like it's back. I feel like mm-hmm. Saigon's back pretty yeah. strong. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's been, it's been going pretty well Saigon's made a comeback absolutely it has (laughs) been (laughs) that's the tagline for the show (laughs) Saigon makes the comeback final question I suppose Wayne I've really enjoyed this by the way thank you very much Um, what's next Um, you mentioned you're doing a masters so if we had this chat a year from now what would you like to be telling me 
um, that I haven't quit my masters, <laughs> that it's manageable. So I'm one of the things I love most about living in Saigon is the more relaxed lifestyle. Um, I'm someone that when I go to work, I love to smash out my work. I don't want to do too much afterwards. Um, so I get 99% of my work done in the eight to four. And then after that, relax, do heaps of activities, that sort of thing. Um, and so going into my master, I'm like, I don't want this to take up all that relaxing, all that time I'm enjoying about living in Saigon. So I'm only going to go into it doing one or two units a semester. Um, so I hope a year from now I can tell you I've finished um, three or four units and it's a manageable amount and I'm really enjoying it um, rather than the opposite of being run down from it. Um, but I think I'll be fine. Sounds excellent. I asked this question to every guest. I said that was the final one. I have one more. Okay. <laughs> it's more constructive, I guess, and it kind of helps me. Has there been a question that I've not asked you that you would have liked me to or that you expected me to? Did you, did you ask what's the hardest thing about mm. moving here? Maybe what's the easiest thing about moving to Saigon? Oh, no one's ever asked that, yeah. Oh, so what is the easiest thing about moving to Saigon? Um, <laughs> I should have thought of an answer before I gave you the question. <laughs> the easiest thing about moving to Saigon, um, making friends. And yeah, you can, people just, not only are they approachable if you approach them, but I find people were willing to approach you as well, which is something that I really like. Like that time I was at Indigo, did the Bami song, Neil approached me afterwards and came and had a chat. And if he didn't, I wouldn't have kept writing songs. That probably would have been the end of it. And now this is like a hobby that I'm so passionate about. Um, so yeah, making friends. Making friends, that's come yeah. up throughout the whole conversation. And you mentioned a lot of activities from sports and music to comedy and more. Thank you very much, Wayne. I've really enjoyed this and keep up the good work. Good luck with your masters and see you soon. Yeah, great. Thank you so much for having me.